Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The Renault Captur comes with a 5-star safety rating and is an ideal compact SUV with lots of space for the family. Pick up your 192 Captur at Blackstone Motors this August. See blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Wednesday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Let me remind you this afternoon again that we have this big competition all week. Yes, we've teamed up with Coors Light who want to reward life's big and small victories and wins through their new awards called the Rockies. You are, I thank you for them, sharing your best victories and wins in life with us and we're offering you the chance to win €200 Euro in cash every day on Late Lunch, a Coors Light goodie bag. And you'll even get a visit from the LMFM street team presenting you with your very own Rockies and Coors, Coors Light goodie bag. And don't forget that big night, 29th of August, the Rum House Ridley's. If you win, if you win with us today and any day this week, on and you win on Facebook because there's a lovely prize there as well, you'll be going along to that party on the 29th of August in the Rum House. So please do let us have your stories. Keep them coming to us. WhatsApp us 086 1800 658. You can text as well or call in on 1857 or across our social media platforms. Welcome to the show this Wednesday afternoon. Need I remind you that we're in and face an ongoing battle with obesity. And the fight begins, there's no doubt about it, at home and at school through education and example for those of a young age. However, I'll ask you a question. Is it a step too far? A nap has just been launched for eight-year-olds and upwards by Weight Watchers. Laura Dowling is the fabulous pharmacist and she's joined us on Late Lunch previously and she's on the line. Laura, good afternoon. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Laura, you're very welcome to the show, Laura Dowling. Um, tell me this, and uh, I copped you posting on Instagram in the last 24 hours. You're not impressed. Well, no, <laughs> I'm certainly not. Um, and I don't think a lot of healthcare professionals are. The, uh, there's been a lot of pediatricians, a lot of doctors, um, nutritionists and dietitians coming out, you know, saying the same thing, that this is criminal that Weight Watchers have actually um, launched this uh, with a, this app um, that uh, encourages children to track their, their height, weight, age and, and health goals and the input um, what they've eaten for the day and it, it, it works on a traffic light system whereby uh, foods are labelled to be red, you know, bad, mm. you know, yellow, you, you know, you should think about it before you eat it and green, good. So you can imagine the green is your, you know, your vegetables, your your lettuces and um, it labels yeah, eggs as, as yellow and hummus and butter as red. So already it's demonising certain foods for children at a very young age and, and just setting them up for, for I think, um, a bad relationship with food going forward, you know. So you think and believe, you believe the whole premise behind this is flawed, even though I did say we know, we're, and you know it well, I don't have to tell you, in Ireland and we're leading the way and it'd be obesity across Europe and the world. You just think this is, 
misinformed would that be the word you say it, it is you know Weight Watchers are a money making corporation that's the reality and this app although to download initially is free it, it encourages you to, to, to sign up for premium uh, membership where you can uh, where the child can, can have one on one coaching with, with someone um, that will tell them about you, you know they may input the they've eaten something that day and they'll say oh well you know you should, you should eat this instead or add applesauce to that to make it to make it healthier you know um, but the reality is the American Academy of Pediatrics in 2016 came out and said they advise doctors and families you avoid the talk about weight you focus on emphasising healthy lifestyle choices for a child to be tracking their food from a young age just screams you know negative food relationship for the years to come and you know, eating disorders and all the mental anguish that that go that that go come hand in hand with, with eating disorders will just be perpetuated with with apps like this. It, apps should not be children. Should, apps should not be aimed for children for for weight loss. Certainly, they should be. It should be positive talk from the home. It should be positive talk in school from society. But the, the obesity crisis it it needs to be. And society needs to change for the obesity crisis to really be handled well. We can't just be, you know, focusing on certain families that have obese children or, or overweight children. There needs to be a change within our society, allowing three for twos on, on sweets and, and, and crisps and chocolates. You know, in, instead we should be promoting three for twos and vegetables and fruit. Yes, which would make more sense indeed. You do write extensively about this uh, link between obesity and people's socioeconomic status. Is it true, uh, and would you say this is a fact, that where people, where money is tight, you know, and it, it, it's tight for an awful lot of people, uh, that, you know, they're inclined to not buy the best in food. Now, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody when I say that. The reality is is that obesity is linked to socioeconomic status, just like a lot of healthcare issues. Poverty and health are intertwined in, in so so many ways. Like I said in my post, and um, it is you, it is an avocado costs money. You know, if you go on Instagram, you see all these avocado dips being you know pictured mm. and how healthy these are, and of course they're healthy, but. Yes, it's expensive for people to, to, to buy healthy food. Now, they're, they're, the Aldis and Littles do have promotions on um, vegetables and fruit, and, and we, we can get healthy meals for a, a certain price. But the reality is, is that um, a McDonald's half meal costs €4, Euro and a punnet of strawberries costs €5. Euro. You know, so therein lies the difficulty. But but it's also, it's also a thing where if people don't learn how to eat properly from their home, if they're... If their mums and dads aren't cooking, if, if their mums and dads weren't cooking for them, it's like a generational thing. It's passed down generation to generation on healthy eating habits and, and takeaways and and convenience food rather than food cooked from scratch, which takes time and thought. I know myself, being a working mum, coming home, the last thing you want to be doing is chopping vegetables. But, you know, it has to be done if you want if you want to eat healthily. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. It does, it takes effort. And, you know, I, I will say, you, you can shop cleverly and frugally and uh, wisely. You don't have to have a fortune in your purse or in your bank account to do that. And and there are good foods to be had out there. But go back to that point you make about the Aldis and the Littles and all the supermarkets. And they produce all these, you know, you get them in your newspapers and in the door, Laura. Uh, you know, yeah. with all the offers in them and you do see the fruit and veg. 
but turn the pages in those little magazines and look at the sugar hits and the value. Look oh. at the alcohol. Look at the, the cheap yeah. food that's there. Well, absolutely. You just have to walk into your deals and see all those bags of food, or bags of sweets and chocolates, you know, for one euro fifty, and just think, what, you know, what are we telling our children if if this is on promotion and they see this, they're being hit with all these sugary foods, these visuals every time they go into a supermarket. I actually myself get itchy teeth around Halloween time because the amount of junk that is available in the shops mm. that we are giving our children, and and it's also that treat. The idea of, of giving your child a treat, you know, when when I was young, certainly, and I'm not sure about you, but a treat was a treat. It was, you know, every Friday we yes. made a little bar of chocolate. But these days, it, you know, there's treats given everywhere you go. And, you know, if, if everyone that your child visits thinks that, Asher, it's just a little biscuit, we'll just give your child a little biscuit, and, and that's every day, then your child's getting a biscuit every day or, or an ice cream every day. And it just, it, it adds up, the calories add up. Yeah. And, and the reality is we, we all need to be thinking a lot more cleverly about how, about the, the message that we're giving our children when it comes to feeding them and, and feeding them healthily and, and the messaging around treats. Yeah, that is such a good point to make and I would hope people would take it on board. Uh, how life has changed. It was a one day or your weekend you had something of like that and Monday to Friday you walked away uh, w- without them. Yeah. How life has changed. Every day is a treat now. Here's the thing I wanted to ask you. Big lot made about the sugar tax that came in, right, on the on the drinks. Um what, what, what's your take on that now that it's been implemented in a while? Does it make any difference? I don't think it's made any difference. It's like tax and smoking. It hasn't stopped people smoking. You know, people, we, we need to be, it's, it needs to be more health promotion and, and healthy talk around food and advice to parents about how to feed their children well and more more emphasis on offers on on fruits and vegetables and how we can cook fruits and vegetables better and and make it easier for working parents to come home after a long day's work and feed their children appropriately rather than reaching for a convenience food. Um, I don't think the sugar tax makes it a blind bit of difference. So it's back to this. It comes down to personal responsibility, Laura, because at times we say we want the government to do, they should do. It's not about them. It's about you and me and everybody else listening you know, making the change. Yeah, we do. We need to make the change and we need to help people around us make the change as well, though, also. Um, and, and as I said, it, it, it's, it's very hard to change the habits of a lifetime. If, say, a mother grew up herself in a household where mm. there was never healthily cooked meals, there, there was not much fruit and vegetables, you know, around the house, and then she goes on to have her own children, it can be very hard for her to make that change. Or a father. I'm not in any way suggesting that it's only mothers that cook. <laughs> but <laughs> just in case. Well said, me. Laura. Laura, you'd be even offending me there because <laughs> I sort of do. Yes. I sort of do that thing myself predominantly. Go on, Absolutely, go on. Absolutely. Yeah, my own husband is the same. Um, but I, I, you know, it, it can be hard to make those changes. So we need constant messaging through social media, through the press through media, through TV, through health promotion. And do you know who we need to be listening to? Teachers. Because I've had lots of conversations with teachers since I put, since I started talking about this on my, on my Instagram there last week. And teachers see it firsthand, what children are bringing into school for their lunches, but they also see how breathless they're getting with just mild exercise, yes. where children aren't getting out in the fields, not running around, they're not used to exercising as much. They're in the house, in front of devices, 
playing their Xboxes and Playstations and just not out running around the way they used to. And as a result, you know, that perpetuates the obesity crisis too. They're, they're not getting their exercise. They're not keeping fit. They can't keep up with, with games and class. And so we need to be listening to teachers. I think teachers should be part of this health promotion in terms yeah. of not that they should be doing more in classes because they have, they have an awful lot on their plates anyway. But what I mean is they should be in, a, in, a, in an advisory capacity as to how we can change the mindset of people that are having difficulty and are struggling with this. I'm with you. And another thing crossing my mind here, you know, the uh, road safety ads and some of them have really shocked in the last couple of years. You know, when you yeah. you see what about bringing that concept and showing the upshot of this, what diabetes means to a child, what heart disease means, the, the potential risk for cancer, mental health, all those things come into play, don't they? They all I mean, you know, point back to this. They do. Yes. Obesity in children can lead to type 2 diabetes. Um, which is different from the type 1. Type 1 is nothing, they can't, can't do anything about type 1. Uh, it's an autoimmune disease, but with type 2, it leads to cardiovascular disease. It can lead to, as you said, you know, um, all kinds of illnesses. And it just it just leads to a health crisis for them. And it means that it's a lot harder to treat if they're getting it. The earlier they're diagnosed with it, the much harder it can be to treat because they are, you know, they have it lifelong then and they have all everything that goes with it. Um, and, and the mental illness, like what you said, you know, it, it can it can lead to that too, which is a lifelong struggle for people. I uh, just I despair at times. You're right. The exercise away from the devices it's in a holistic thing, and I I I just despair when I look at children and see them. You know, so overweight at a small age, and you know, in a lot of cases, you do. You look at who's looking after them, and you see, oh my God, how could that child be any different? I'll just give you a little ditty before you go. Where we sit here today in, in Drogheda, not far away, is St John and St Paul's schools, and they're beautiful schools. And I went down there a few months ago because Tara Walker from East Coast could school who does my regular feature on late lunch was engaged there for I think it was eight weeks by the council Loud County Council fair play to them and she offered classes to parents of children in the school well can I tell you something Laura there yeah. were nearly 60 parents attended every week and I went to the end of it when it finished and you know something Laura it'd do yeah. your heart good oh yeah that sounds wonderful we need more of that we yeah. really do you know yeah um, it, it's about education and information. You know, it, yeah. it, this is not about pointing the finger at people. We need to have positive talk with everyone about this so that we can actually do something about it. Well, listen, you are, and I always enjoy what you have to say. I follow you closely, and this one certainly <laughs> caught my attention. And operate your olds, give us a break, please, will you? Laura, you. lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank we'll talk much. to you again. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. 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 That's Laura Dowling there the fabulous pharmacist. If you have any thoughts on that, a nap for eight-year-olds, you know, to put in their height, their weight, their age, their health goals. Come on, parents. It's down to you and us to make the difference here. We must lead the way. We're heading for an absolute epidemic of bad health for youngsters if we don't change course and change it soon. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio, heading to our first break of the afternoon. And after the break, we'll be joined by Errol Sweeney, the hanging judge, former FIFA referee. We're going to talk about VAR. Yes, Miss Sheena Easton. Memories, memories for your eyes only. James Bond theme song on late lunch this Wednesday afternoon. And the new movie, No Time to Die, released next spring. 
Errol Sweeney's on the line. You know him well, former FIFA referee. He writes a regular column in the press called The Hanging Judge. He knows all about the man, or woman it may be now, in the middle with the whistle. Good afternoon, Errol. Afternoon, Jerry. Thanks very much for taking my call. Errol, please, save us from final damnation. V-A-R. Errol, what's going on? What's the problem? <laughs> What's not the problem? I should turn it back on you. Well, Aaron, let's take the game, the big game, City and Tottenham Hotspur at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, first of all, looked like a definite penalty, not given. And on the other side, a goal chalked out. Oh, my, Errol, for what? It wasn't a deliberate handball, Errol. No, and it doesn't have to be, Jerry. Um, <clears throat> this is where the law has changed. And to be honest, uh, this is where the law is a bit of an ass. Uh, in the past, and still, uh, if it comes to a defender, I want to distinguish now between the two, the defender and the attacker. In the past, it was the same for the defender or the attacker. The law says that if the hand is moving towards the ball, not the other way around, not the ball towards the hand, the hand has to be moving towards the ball, then it's a handball. And remember, Jerry, the hand, the hand in this instance, in inverted commas, I suppose, almost, extends from the shoulder right down to the tips of the fingers. So if you hit it with your elbow or even with the top of the shoulder where it connects onto the body, that's still a handball. Now, in the past, if any part of the hand or arm was moving towards the ball, uh, it was a handball. Okay. That is still the case for a defender who's trying to block the ball or trying to this great expression they use now, making himself bigger by sticking out his arm. Uh, what a load of nonsense. But now they've changed it that if the ball strikes the hand or arm, even accidentally or even in a rebound or even if it's deflected, a goal that's scored from that situation, obviously by an attacker, not by a defender, then it is ruled out because they cannot be seen to have any advantage whatsoever, be it intended or unintended, by the hand or arm. And even accidentally. So if your attacker and he blasts the ball into the net and it goes off one of your teammates, an attacking player, accidentally, even if it only touches his arm, doesn't have to move his arm, he could even be pulling his arm away. He cannot be seen to gain any advantage from such an incident. But Errol, is the the rule, is it it just gone mad now at this stage? Are you you in favour of this? Look, Jerry. I have mixed feelings about the whole thing. The very people who are crying out for it were the players and the coaches and the managers and the the team owners and all of that story. Referees don't give a damn one way or the other. To be honest, I think if if you were to ask a percentage of referees, loads of them would say, leave it the way it was. But you can't leave it that way anymore because there's so much money involved now. And I mean, I'm not talking thousands, Jerry. I'm talking millions, Mm. millions. And all of that could be decided on one particular incident. Now, it's, I think it's only right that justice is not only done, but seen to be done, to make sure it's fair to everybody. Funny enough, the people who are complaining about it now are the people who are disadvantaged from it. 
I bet you Spurs are not complaining. <laughs> no, we never heard a word. If it goes in their favour, they will be complaining. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, to come back to what you said a moment ago, it is true. When you analyse all the decisions so far, I, I think nearly 100% of them are right. The decisions have been right, even though they've been minuscule, maybe a part of a foot slightly offside, a, a touch of an arm or things like that. But when you line the lines up, none of them have really been incorrect. The only one, Errol, is that penalty last week that really looked a penalty for Manchester City. Why didn't that go to the referee to have a look at his screen? Well, he can do that. There's only four incidents, I think, that currently that they can check out. And, and a penalty incident is one, offside is another. And just as you mentioned an offside, Jerry, I mean, you said minuscule, and you're absolutely correct. But, you know, you can be an inch from disaster or you can be 10 miles from disaster true or even a, a millimeter which is an awful lot less than an inch but it's still you know what i mean it's still wrong the penalty penalties are, are based on the decision of the referee and remember the, the law still states law five clearly states in the opinion of the referee and i'm quoting that word for word in the opinion of the referee and that's his opinion on the day at the end of the day as well he decides whether he goes to the VAR or not. Now, I, I could elaborate on this, and maybe someday I'll come into the studio. With yes, you please say, do. Yeah, when you have more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the referee's decision is still final, even with VAR. Now, can I just elaborate? And I don't want to be seen to be going off the point about the penalty. But the referee, there's too much time wasted. And I think we discussed this when I was with you yeah. a month or so ago. Uh, there's too much time wasted by the time that they decide to have a look at it and by the time the referee makes that final decision. And in between there, remember, is will I or won't I go to the monitor at the side of the pitch? That's far too much wasted, far too much time wasted. And I think that's where a lot of the gripes are from the managers and from the players and especially the spectators. Why does it take so long to arrive at a decision? If a decision is controversial, it's doubtful, immediately, immediately, the referee should go to the monitor and in in conversation or in conjunction with the guys up in the VAR, make a decision there and then. Currently what's happening, the referee stands there, he's got his finger at his earpiece, he's waiting on the VAR to come back, and then they'll say, not sure, then he has to go and look. That takes what seems like for ages. I absolutely agree with you. Errol, you know, the time has beaten us again. Thank you for taking our quick call. I know you're busy today. We'll bring this to the airwaves more substantially with you over the coming weeks. Is that all right? You're very welcome. Thank Thank you, you. Errol. Thank you indeed. Errol Sweeney there writes a column called The Hanging Judge and Refereeing regularly in the international press. And he has some very interesting points to make. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. After news and weather at two, we talked to the woman who won the right to have medicinal cannabis uh, given to her little daughter and, in effect, saved her life. Vera Toomey's with us next. The book is called For Ava. My next guest on the show this afternoon is proof that you must never give up in your fight for justice. In Vera Toomey's case, it's medical justice for her daughter, Ava, who suffers from a chronic medical condition. Her story, which made national news headlines a couple of years ago and has been in the news ever since, is now published in full in a beautiful book called For Ava. And Vera is joining me on the line today. Afternoon, Vera. 
Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking our call. Dravet's syndrome that Ava lives with, was she born with it? Um, she, yes. Um, Ava's, Ava's seizures didn't manifest until she was about four months old, Jerry. Um, so when the tests were, when the tests were sent away, um, that they were, they were tests sent out of the country actually to isolate exactly what um what Ava was, was dealing with. And um it is a, it's a genetic malformation of a gene. So yes, it, the, 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 the the child the child would be born with it, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but it took a while yeah, yeah as you said, it took a while to send it away, get the test back and actually get the diagnosis. You know, many people are familiar with our story and to read this book and read you telling about, uh, you know, what happens when she gets, takes these seizures or fits. When did they begin? At what age? Well, the the she she had her she had her first seizure at four months old. She had a doctor's appointment and we returned from the appointment. She was fine for the afternoon and it started that night. So she had a forty-five minute seizure that night, and that was the first um, kind of brutal introduction to Dravet syndrome, really. Um, so from then on, you know, we were taken obviously in the hospital, and uh, from there, uh, I think that I think that the consultants, when they met Ava first, they knew that this was something quite serious. Um, that it was well, everything is serious, but it was something more, something rarer, something more severe because the tests were sent <clears throat> out of the country quite quickly, and we did have a diagnosis within, you know, maybe six weeks or something like mm. that. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it went from there. The seizures didn't really, the, the seizures didn't really stop, um, so it became a constant cycle of going to the hospital in the being in the hospital for a couple of days or a week or more or it, it, it depended on the severity or the number of the seizures and then returning home and you know working with her and, and trying to encourage her and improve and do the best we could at home but then the seizures would hit again and mm. that that's the cycle that that yes that, that, that continued Continued, for, yeah. And, and the descriptions, I say, when you read the book, would really, you know, touch anybody's heartstrings. The, at the worst, how, how frequently would they happen? Um, she would have had, she would have had, uh, in, the, in the very bad times, I recall, she had uh, 17 seizures in eight hours. Um, and uh, we thought that we were going to lose her that time, you know. Um, the children that children that have uh, to deal with seizures on a daily basis, they're very, very strong, very, very brave people because they have to fight back, and Ava kept fighting back. And I remember that night um, as clearly as you can. Um, and... We thought she was gone that night. There was there was a number of there was a number of times where, you know, she was kind of on the cliff edge, we'll say, but she kept fighting and she kept pulling back and I suppose that's the reason why you keep trying as the pair as their parents, you know, because they're at home, they're battling, so I kind of felt that I had to go out and do what I could to you know, open up the options for Ava and give her the give her the chance of trying medical cannabis to see 
whether it would be successful for her or not. And thanks be to God, just it has been it has been her saviour, really. Yeah, it is. It is a great story. In the end, there is a happy ending. Thank God. But my word, did you face some battles and some obstacles on your way? I just want to tell listeners when you read the book, like she was on five different drugs, sixteen tablets a day. They were trying this treatment and that treatment, and really nothing was was getting to grips with this. Do you feel any? regret or anger towards the medical profession, you know, in, in, in the way this unfolded? I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't mean to kind of come across like, I mean, I'm not a saint or anything, but I don't think being angry is very productive. Um, yeah, you, you, could, you, could get, you could get very angry if you wanted to. I think regret is a better word mm. because um, the, the thing is, the, the the doctors in this country the, the the possibility to educate themselves surrounding medical cannabis the the opportunities are out there in other countries um that became so visible when we went to Holland and we met the consultants in Holland who had experience of medical cannabis and who really couldn't understand why there was such resistance to you know, discussing or talking about this as an alternative, um, because even the prospect of surgery was, um, you know, being bandied around at one stage for Ava, um, and they couldn't understand why you would consider surgery before you would uh, consider trying medical cannabis. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's very. I think it's very sad that the the medical profession in this country aren't referring or haven't referred to their peers um, in other countries to to learn about um, medical cannabis for their patients. But I do hope that you know we have we have like overall things have changed, and I think on the ground, ordinary people like ourselves, you know, we. We're able to do our research. We're able to go to, you know, to go to the internet and to and to 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 have access to, you know, studies like Professor Michael Barnes' study regarding medical cannabis and to 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 see to see the genuine nature of cannabis as a medicine. Um, and once you can educate yourself and gain confidence about what you're talking about. I think you can take that to the door of the consultants and with determination you you, you can you, you can kind of convince at least some of them at this stage to be able to, to go in that direction to help to help people. Yeah. Yes, no, you certainly have done that. You've uh You've you've put down uh, a campaign, you've led a campaign, you've done this and you've opened the way for many others. And I congratulate you and your husband and your family and all the people around you on that one. Tell us, or just tell our listeners, when you went to Holland and this was administered to her, how quickly did it, you know, take effect? What difference did it make? Well, I suppose, Jerry, the thing is that we had access to CBD kind of over the counter mm. before we left Ireland. So um, just to kind of maybe put it in perspective, as I said, we spent an enormous amount of time in hospital with Ava. We would have probably, you know, I did some sums one night and I think that we would have spent between four and five months of every year of Ava's life 
up to 2016 in hospital because of her seizures. And in October of 16, we started a product called Charlotte's Web CBD oil, which we got from the hemp store in Capel Street from um, Mark and Jim McDonald, who are absolutely wonderful people all together. And through through the Charlotte's Web, we saw a, a decrease of seizures in our daughter of about up to 90% initially. Wow. Now, so, so I think that, that broke the back of it for us. We could see the benefit. We could, we could hardly believe the benefit at the beginning because, I mean, you're talking about a little girl that would have had hundreds of seizures a month being reduced to having five seizures a month, nine seizures in five, I think, in October. Was it eight in November and nine in December, something like that. And uh, so we knew that this, we knew we, that there were no adverse side effects um, and it was magnificent. And then just over the course of the time, the CBD on its own, the seizure started to break back through a little bit. But at that point, we knew we had gained such confidence in medical cannabis that uh, we knew that we needed the THC, but we couldn't get the THC either over the counter or under prescription in Ireland. So I went to Barcelona, to the Calapa Clinic in Barcelona, where we were prescribed uh, the THC for Eva, but they seized that at the airport off me in Dublin. They took that away from me. And after that, we decided we, we had never we had never wanted to leave Ireland. We'd never wanted to... We, we just wanted access to the medication here at home for her. But we knew then that we had to go, and it was then that we came across the consultants and the hospitals over in Holland, which were just, I mean, like, I mean, you would just, you would be emotional um, encountering the consultants over there because of their empathy, their approach, their practicality, their, their understanding, just everything about the experiences that we had in the hospitals over in Holland was just beyond positive and was quite was quite different to the some of the experiences. I don't want to be uh, too terribly critical, but mm. some of the experiences let's that say, you that had here. Had. Yeah, 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 I hear what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. We know you did that big walk to Dublin. You met Minister Harris. You campaigned. It wasn't legal here. It cost an awful lot of money. Twelve thousand euro a year for this uh, for uh, one little girl. But the rest is history. You kept at this. You never let up. You kept going. And eventually you got word it was going to happen. You could have it here. And as well, it was going to be uh, subvented uh, by uh, the HSE. That must have been a remarkable time for you. Well, I think that, yes, the medication the medication is expensive. However, I think that it's might it might be important just to, you know, go back to the fact that our daughter was on, as you said, she was on 15 tablets a day. But no, those those tablets that she was on, they weren't controlling her seizures at all. And, you know, the, the long-term illness scheme was covering that medication, but it was covering a medication that wasn't working. And our daughter was spending, you know, days and weeks on end inside an hospital, which was costing the state thousands and thousands of euros yes. and when when you think about it to 
provide a child with a medication like medical cannabis that's costing €12,000 a year, yes, when you say it, it sounds like a lot of money. But when you consider the fact that the government are paying under the long-term illness scheme for many, many hundreds of patients throughout the country, they're, they're covering medications that aren't completely successful in controlling seizures and are resulting in um, children and adults being admitted to hospital every day. Um, and that's costing the state an enormous amount of money. Yeah. And if medical cannabis was introduced properly and efficiently into the country, it would be not only saving the health system an enormous amount of money, but there are so many other opportunities for farmers, for different types of industry. Um, there's so much opportunity for for people to grow hemp. Um, and I just I just hope that, um, you know, our little girl has been part of the kind of awakening to the to the possibilities of, of, of what medical cannabis can do yes. and what what hemp can do in a, in a production sense. You know, Absolutely, and it's, I can tell you it's been grown in North Louth here uh, at the moment, and I've uh, spoken to the man behind it. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In, in the last few months as well, and it's looking very promising. Just before we finish, Vera, how is she today? She's in great form. Um, she's, uh, she's in great form. She's uh, uh, been out now for a walk around the place and just uh, she 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 sits down then and has a little rest and so forth. Um, just just playing. I have I have three other children. I have um, two other little girls and a little boy. And you know they she she plays and she she enjoys her jigsaws and and different things like that. So you know we're working we're working hard on the speech at the moment. That you know just to to bring that on because with the seizures and everything, speech had been. I suppose delayed or kind of compromised. So the longer we are without seizures, uh, once you put the work in, you know the words will come. Yeah. Oh, so, you're a remarkable yeah. woman and a remarkable family, and she is seizure free now. And you know, I want to emphasise again, 
She was gravely ill. You could have lost her at any stage. But but for your resilience and determination to fight on, she's there today and the future is really rosy for her. We wish her well. And the book is called For Ava. It's out now all around the place. If you want to be inspired and read about a brilliant woman and her family and a wonderful child, this book is for you. Thank you for taking our call, Vera, and I wish you well. Thanks for having me. All the very best. Thanks Not for having at me. all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Vera to me there. And I have the book for Ava. Would you like a copy? I, I tell you, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. I have a copy here to give away today. I'll ask you a little question. I was talking about James Bond earlier on. The new movie is to be called No Time to Die. It's out next April. You know I'm a big Bond fan. It's a simple question for the book. Who'll play James Bond? Yes. It's the same fella that played James Bond in the last four. This is his last one. I mentioned him earlier. Who is it? Text his name now to me or WhatsApp it to 086-1800-658 if you'd like a copy of For Ava. We'll pick somebody before the end of the show. Short break and up next, it's Coors Light. 200 cash to give away. Yes, this week we've teamed up with Coors Light who want to reward life's big and small victories through their new awards called The Rockies. You're sharing your stories with us and a man who wants to share his story with me this afternoon is Jerry Brownies in Navin in County Mead. Afternoon, Jerry. Good afternoon, Jerry. Take us back a few years and tell me this story. Yeah, it was 2002, Jerry. I was at work and I got a call from a friend of mine to say that my name was in the Star newspaper, that I'd won a Fantasy Sam, it was a Gaelic competition, and that I'd won 3,750. Good on you! Yeah, it was great. So I I wasn't sure whether he was telling me the truth or not, so a friend of mine was going down then to the the shop on the break time, and I said, will you pick me up a copy of the Star? So he arrives back, and he had a copy of the Sun instead. (laughs) So... I thought to myself, well, I won't find out for a while yet. So I looked inside the sun and I seen a competition to win a trip to the Rugby World Cup uh, 2003 in Australia. Right. So I texted in straight away and lo and behold, a few weeks later, I got a call to say, you've won the competition. <gasps> oh, no. So your yeah. mate, because he picked up the wrong newspaper, the wrong yeah. led you to the World Cup Rugby in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Only for his mistake, I wouldn't have won it. I love it, I love it, I love it. And listen, by the way, come back to the other thing. You did win the 3,750, did you? I did, yeah. Yeah, definitely won it all right. Spending money. Spending money from the GAA to go out to Australia and watch the rugby. Nice one indeed. Well, what a big win that was for you in your life. And you went, yes, off you went, of course, on the trip, yeah. Yeah, myself and my wife Camel went. Uh, we went to see England and uh, South Africa. It was in Perth. Right. Um, we also took in the international rules game, Ireland against Australia. And um, we went to a couple of other rugby matches that were there in Perth. You know, some of the lesser nations. I think it was Samoa and Russia was playing. <laughs> oh, Jerry, Jerry. Time. You are some boy. Now, I know you've been successful since. Don't mind those. This was the big one. You've won since and then you've won more trips. Like, you seem to be a very lucky man. But this was the start of it. The wrong new- newspaper. Yeah. You're obviously good at the forecasting as well. You got that. But the wrong yeah. newspaper took you to the World Cup in Australia. Isn't that just a fantastic story? Well, you know Push something? Your, your luck continues, boy, today. 
your yeah. luck really continues because I have 200 euro cash for you this afternoon. How does that sound? Oh, that's fantastic. Thanks very much, Jerry. <laughs> the winds go on for Jerry yeah. Brown and his life. We also have a Coors Light goodie bag for you and we want you to go this big night. It's coming up on the 29th of August in Ridley's in Dundalk. It's going to be fantastic. We want you there that night because okay. you're a big winner. Is that okay? 29th yeah, of August. Fine, great. Thanks, Rum House Ridley's and all will happen there. Thanks for telling us your story, Jerry. Have a great okay, day. Jerry. Thank Take you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Coors Light. Remember. Remember. Come on. We have more prizes to give away on late lunch this week. More cash tomorrow, Thursday and Friday. Have you a story, a big win, a victory in your life? It can be big. It can be small. It doesn't have to be about winning cash. You may feel you win for a different reason. You've been listening to the stories all week. Come on, tell us. We want to hear more from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp your story and text it into us. Call in 1850-715-958. Tell us on social media. Go on to our Facebook. You can win more cash and goodies from Coors Light on our Facebook page as well. It's all happening this week on Late Lunch with Coors Light. Over 18s only. Enjoy Coors Light responsibly and do check out drinkaware.ie. It's very, very important. When you read something like this, create a community of badass barmaids. Well, I sort of sit up in me chair, to be honest with you, when I read something like that. And I'm going to tell you why now, because uh, I have two lovely ladies with me from Dundalk, two young women, and they're part of a new group called Ladies of Liquor. And we're going to find out more about it now. I'm delighted to welcome Michelle and Jean McGuinness to Late Lunch. You're welcome, girls. Thank, Thank you very much. much. Thank you very much for joining me. Badass barmaids. Mm-hmm. Never, <clears throat> never. Really? Yes, of course we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're lovely as well. It's like, yeah, it sounds a bit strong. Yeah. Full on. No, no, I know what you're at. I know what you're at. And yeah, what I said there, it does really attract your attention. What is, just at the very top as we talk, Ladies of Liquor? What is it about? What's the idea behind it? So Ladies of Liquor is a group that um, we're trying to create um, in Dundalk. We can reach it out to people and draw it as well. Anybody who's interested in getting involved, if they email us at ladiesoflicker.dundalk at gmail.com. But it's basically um, a, a group uh, that's going to bring kind of female bartenders together to network together, to share information about things that are happening in the industry, uh, cocktail competitions, um, whiskey tastings, um, you know, anything that's going on in the industry so that everybody can kind of find out about it and be involved in it. Tell me this. Women in the industry, let, uh, let me talk to yourself uh, about it. Um, how many women, you know, when you look across, look in your own town in Dundalk, yeah. are women prominent in this? It's getting there, I suppose. You know, it was always, you know, there's a lot of barmaids around and all that kind of stuff, but it's about getting opportunities there to be running bars, to be, you know, to really stay within the industry mm. as well. Um, it's not just a thing to get you through college. It's actually somewhere there's a bit of growth in it for you. And, you know, you, you can really make a career out of it now. And there's plenty. There's, and there's plenty of amazing barmaids in Dundalk. Tell me, Jean, about you, because uh, you were a managing, Russell's you're in yes. uh, now as the manager. By the way, we had your colleague, Aaron Mulligan, here. You did here. indeed. Uh, good cocktail chef. Did you see him doing the cocktail in the yeah, studio? Yeah, he's brilliant. How does he do that? I don't know. How don't does know. he do it without spilling a drop? He's he, fantastic. He's a whole, other, a whole other level there. We'll get there, though. Absolutely. <laughs> of course you will. But Russell's beautiful place, and hmm. you, you, you manage there. Tell us your story. How long are you working? So I'm in Russell since it first opened. So that's about four and a half years now. Um, I come in kind of part-time 
got on great with uh, the manager there, Greg, or the owner there, Greg Gormley. And through that, then I kind of progressed on to full time and then just started to over, you know, to oversee a few things for him. And, you know, it grew, it grew kind of slowly and loving it. Never looked back, adore it. You worked previously in this business, then took a hiatus When I was away. very young, yes. 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 And then ha- have come back to it now. Come back to it now, because I realised that's what I actually really loved. Hi. Yeah. You're a people person, aren't yes, you? Yes, You 100%. just know that's right. You all are. Actually, you have to be a people person when you work in yeah, this game yeah. or you wouldn't survive in it. Tell them about the award you've won this week, was it? I did, yeah. On Monday. Oh, Bar Personality of the Year, right here. Uh, <laughs> it was all a bit of a shock. I, I think Michelle is happier than you are for you. Oh, uh, yeah, just, delighted. <laughs> it's still sinking in. It's sinking in. <laughs> well done to you. That's, Thank you so much. That's yeah. a real acknowledgement, isn't it? It must give you a lift. Like. It definitely gives a lift and it feels like a lot of hard work has paid off. Mm. Yeah. And not to leave you out either, Michelle, you are a winner in your own right. Tell us about your victories. Um, well, I recently won a cocktail competition. It was called the Southern Showdown, uh, presented by High Spirits, where there was, you had to create a cocktail using Southern Comfort um, and have a general theme of kind of New Orleans and the spirit the spirit of New Orleans, which is Southern Comfort. Um, so I created a cocktail based on Marie Laveau, who was a voodoo queen. Um, the cocktail was called the Voodoo Queen. I went up and I dressed up like a Voodoo Queen, <laughs> and I presented nice. yeah, I presented my cocktail to a, a panel of three judges um, at a kind of live final. Um, there was ten people uh, from all over the country that went up to house up in Dublin and competed in the live final, um, and then I ended up winning a trip to New Orleans. So I went over to that. Oh, congratulations. So you've been over already? I've been over and back, yes. So I went over to a thing over there called Tales of the Cocktail, which is a massive convention. Uh, It's basically like, I've described it as Comic-Con for cocktails. cocktails. Um, And met lots of kind of leading, leading industry experts on all things to do with any kind of liquor you can ever imagine and different. I learned a lot over there and there's a lot of networking over there as well. I've met a lot of really great people from the UK as well that went over that were the winners from the UK so there was a group of about 12 of us all went over um, yeah so it was really good it was really just great and it was a good boost uh, to network and find out more things and how other people do things as well which is what we want to promote with Ladies of Liquor is just to kind of get to f- get that information to people to, if somebody has an easier way or a better way of doing something like making a cocktail or you know whatever it is that you can share that information and help everybody kind of upskill and uh, get on the same level and you know, build a, a community. A, so the market bar is the place to be to go down and have the New Orleans experience now. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying to me? Well, yeah, we'll probably do some sort of event uh, around Mardi Gras or something like that where we'll bring the, the Voodoo Queen back for a, a special <laughs> guest appearance. <laughs> do, do. Yeah. You know, I'm getting really worried here, Jean, this afternoon because oh, I'm no. just worried she's oh, going to no. go away with an effigy <laughs> of me and take out those, uh, you know, those pins you stick into she's it. very well could. So, a voodoo doll. Yeah, mm. if I feel anything later today, I'll be saying, oh, can I hear a bit of your hair off. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you well. There's not much there to take away with. <laughs> Anyways, um, come back to the market bar because um, yourself and your dad. Yeah. How, how long are you there? Well, we opened it in 2012, so we're there just over seven years. Um, and we it's a tapas bar and restaurant, so we serve food as well, but we've really kind of shifted the focus a lot for it. We, we do a lot with the drinks as well. Um, with the cocktails, you know, we have we change our menus very often, like seasonal menus, and then we'd have like a kind of classic ones, and we come up with original ones as well. So, um, it is a good place to go for kind of 
for cocktails and for like mm. light bites as well. Mm. I I like that, Jean, just to come to you. You know when you go on holidays and yeah. you go in and you have the little eats and that there. Isn't that something we've been missing, I, yes. I feel, in this country? 100%. To be able to have a few drinks and just have something small to eat. Not a big, huge meal. All you can do is go to bed after it. I love any place like that. That's my touch. Just yes. a bit of lining. Yeah, of absolutely. <laughs> oh, but I think it adds so much to the experience it's, as yeah. well. And they do it so well on the continent. I exactly, it was never the Irish thing. Yeah, and look at all the wonderful produce we have here in yeah. counties. Louth and Mead, we keep talking about it all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. That you can bring in and Absolutely. incorporate into the experience yeah. as well. And you feel things are uh, changing now. You know, there's a lot of places like the Market Bar and that opening up because mm. there's demand for it. Yeah. Which we're, we're and that, that, that is really it. good to see and we're bringing it to this country. Stay there for another few minutes, will you? I want to take a break sure. on late lunch. I have the... McGuinness, that's MC Guinness, and the McGuinness, M-A-C, with me on late lunch today. Michelle and Jean are here, and they're setting up a new group called Ladies of Liquor. And we're going to talk more to the girls in a couple of moments. Bar Personality of the Year winner, Jean McGuinness, is with us on late lunch today. Champion cocktail maker, New Orleans, is also with us on the show today. She's Michelle McGuinness, and we're talking about a new organisation called Ladies of Liquor. Now, very important to say, this is kicking off... And, and one thing to say, isn't this, I'm right here, this is the first initiative of its kind. This has happened in the city, in Dublin, yes. Yeah, uh, we, I did get inspiration from a private group um, that was in Dublin of female bartenders. So it was just kind of uh, a group that just between themselves were kind of just organising maybe takeovers or events. Um, and one of a couple of them are actually coming down to our event on the Monday to talk about their experience in the industry and how what they got up to in Dublin as well to kind of inspire and kind of help us kind of form what we're going to do in Dundalk uh, or in Louds. So it is open to people from Drada as well, mm-hmm. if anybody And you've else. Had, had interest from the south of the county already, you were telling me. Yeah, yeah. Now here's the thing, it's on Monday and it's a very appropriate day because it's International... Women's Equality Day. Very good day to launch Perfection. this. Mm-hmm. Now, you, this is for people in the industry and women in the industry. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're not at liberty to say exactly where this is happening. But if you're listening today and you work in this sector in mm-hmm. County Louth, the girls would love to hear from you. How do they get in contact? Just send us an email to ladiesoflickerdundalk at gmail.com. Simple and we'll as. get back to you. Yeah. yeah. And you have your Facebook page, haven't you? As yeah, well? we're when on I- Facebook, we're on Instagram as well. You know, when you think of going out drinking or, or, you know, going out having your tapas or in a bar and that as well, it's a tough game, isn't it, Jean, at times? You have to be honest. You know, like, uh, you have situations to deal with. I'm trying to say that you really need to be... You're an all-rounder. You You have to be. You have to be calm. You have to be collected. But you also have to have a hard neck. You have to be able to do anything that a man can do in the bar. Changing kegs. All that kind of stuff. Physical work, a lot of physical physical. work involved in it as well, yeah. But you also have to know what you're talking about. So this is where where we're going to come in with, you know, training and upskilling and educating people on the products that they're using behind the bar. Um, because you're going to be a lot more confident if you know what you're talking about. You can sell something a lot easier if you we know the history. If you don't if you know, know it, it's hard to mm. Yeah, it's hard to sell, sell something you don't know anything about because you can't give any information on it. Whereas if, you know, we'll be setting up training with, you know, like whis- whether whiskey training, gin training, um, beer tastings, where people can really get to know like the ingredients, where it's made, how it's made, and then can pass that information on to the customer, mm-hmm. can pass that information on to, you know, everyone else that they're working with. So everyone is upskilling and learning about, you know, 
everything that they're selling. Yeah. It's also not just for people that are working behind bars. We're also uh, reaching out to any women that work in the industry. We've got a few people, um, you know, that work in breweries, that work in, with Diageo, um, that are maybe behind the scenes, that are, you know, um, working in management but not necessarily doing shifts behind the bar. But they're still contributing to the industry they're still involved in the industry and it's an important and important to the industry yeah this can only be for the for the good and for the betterment all around can't it because you can sit down and swap notes and learn from each other and exchange and And what's going well and the real goal then is if you did come to Dundalk which me and Michelle were talking about a few weeks ago is that every bar you go to you have a certain level of service level of product knowledge and everybody's on the same which can only be good for the whole of the town mm. or the outskirts you know it, to boost a bit of tourism and yes yeah are we becoming more eclectic in Ireland because you know yourself I don't have to tell you this girls you know the way we're very Catholic in our drinking taste that you need three taps at the bar and if you have those for a lot of people they're happy but you know the the local breweries the different beers and that mm-hmm. are, are we are we opening up to that do you feel oh yeah 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 like we've had um uh, Brewmaster, which is Dundalk Bay Brewery. We've had Fox's Rock, which recently um, is is now brewed brewed up in um, upside the train station in Dundalk. Um, there's a lot of microbreweries all around Carlingford mm-hmm. and um, yeah. Magic Hill Brewery is another one. There's, there's, there's actually too many to mention. There's so many. But are people are we willing to are people willing to try Very try something willing. different? Yes. Especially if it's local and local mm-hmm. gins as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. that's been a, a huge boon all round ra- the yeah. place yeah. here. Yeah, no, so people are really willing. Once you once you have. The knowledge. You know, the knowledge to talk to them. They're very willing to try something. And mm. you hit the nail on the head there, Michelle, local. Yes. They'll go with local. Mm. Yeah. And that is important, yeah. you know what I mean, to support. Because that's what keeps us all... It keeps us all in jobs. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> for sure. Hey, the old point of the black stuff. Is there really a knack in it? Does it come down to the person filling it at the end of the day? The, the well, ultimate yeah, taste of a, a pint love, of Guinness. A bit of love in your pint of Guinness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think Little girls can really top. put... No, I'm, 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 I'm talking against my own sex here saying this. They'll probably kill me. Women can, you know, yeah. do the pint better. Yeah. Would you agree? It's a little yeah. extra ingredient. I think yeah. there is. I think there is. I think you have. Sparkle in the eye. I just have the, the pennies <laughs> just dropping <laughs> there now uh, on that one in particular. Hey, do you know the other end of things? You know when you've had a long day and it comes to the end of the night... How have you any little tips for clearing the place? How do you get them out? You're right there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> do you hear the way she said that? I'm gone. Hold on. <laughs> I'm out the door here that myself. Was a real you yeah, really Michelle. said that with gusto. I'll tell you one thing. When I'd hear you saying that, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, just turn the lights on. Full blast. <laughs> <laughs> out you go. But it is. It's you know when people get settled and the, the night is great and they want to. You know, it's it's not the easiest. I'm sure. It's times, not, so. and you have to you have to realise that. They're, they're having a great time. Yes. You yeah. spent loads of money there, so you can't be too forced. Yeah, no. yeah, and you yeah. help them have that good time. Yeah. So, you know, you Absolutely. have to unwind them then. Yeah. Absolutely. Indeed you do. But uh, I'm sure you do it magnificently, oh, oh, you two. Um, <laughs> when you reflect on, on on where you are, managing positions, running places and that as well, um, the potential is always there now, isn't it, yeah. for women to come in and rise to the highest and... Like, do yeah. what men have done traditionally for years, yes. Yeah, yeah, we just want to kind of encourage female bartenders to kind of step forward. And, like, because a lot of the times they might just be waitresses or they might yeah, be on the floor yeah. and then maybe guys might get the opportunity quicker to move to the bar or to get trained up in cocktails or to get trained up in something else. Whereas we're just kind of trying to encourage 
uh, females to kind of go for those same roles as well. We're not a feminist movement in mm-hmm. any way at all. Like, if we do have kind of an opportunity or a guest speaker down, of course, guys can come as well. It's not, or guys can come and talk to us if they have something to talk to us about. Mm. You know, it's that's not what it's about. It's just about kind of giving that support and um, encouragement to females to kind of put themselves forward, that there is a support network for them. Um that you know yeah. that they can fall back I hear, on I, I hear what you're saying it's a seven day a week business isn't it nearly 365 yes. days yeah. do they open you know some place I know around here we're, we're leaving the early days of the week and you know opening from midweek on has that changed do you, do you see more business There's very there? few places that do that yeah, in yeah, Dundalk yeah. anyway yeah so yeah that, yeah very few I, I probably maybe a few years ago when times were tough and things yeah, like maybe that maybe I'm thinking that, yeah, yeah. that it was a little different yeah. when people had to but we're back again you can feel that you, you know can, across you the counter as well yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there's different things that go on on different days. You know, different bars have like live music or pub quizzes mm-hmm. or they have something else on. So there's there's always something going on. And You're working at it yeah. to get people in yes. as well too. Yeah, you do have to work on it. You can't just expect people to walk through your door. You have to give them a reason. Mm. Yeah. Because the big change from years ago, you know, you can pick up, you know, drink really anywhere. And, and yeah. you know, a lot of people were staying at home and things like that. It's to get it people cheaper, out, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's to get people out. That's the big yeah. challenge. And for, you, un- for you, you understood, I suppose, to a certain degree but the pub culture is coming back a wee bit do you know mm. people are happy to spend that wee bit extra to come back into the bars mm. I think mm-hmm. and talk and chat yeah and be social don't yes. mind the tellies and yeah. leave your phone I know mm. people look I'm a devil myself so their phone is there and that oh, but yeah. you know what I mean you know the essence of enjoying the tapas Mm-hmm. Yes. Having a having a chat, a crack, and that type of thing. I don't think you know you can't replicate that really. You know what I no. mean? And well, it's social. Like yeah. people are social creatures. You know, they want to be out. They want to be talking to people. You want to meet your friends. You know, you don't you don't want to be isolated or being at yeah. home on your own, mm-hmm. get depressed. Exactly. Get <laughs> you know, even people come out to the pub and just have a cup of tea. It's just to see people, just to talk yeah. to people, just to catch up on yeah, your yeah. day or whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we do say always drink responsibly. Drinkaware. All course, the information yeah. there. We always. Want to say that never yes. drink and drive all that type of stuff it adds to the experience but don't don't verge on the other side where yeah. it becomes messy we always want to make make sure we say that as well um monday it is mm-hmm. big day monday mm-hmm. it's happening ladies of liquor and just give out that contact information again uh, ladies of liquor dundalk at gmail.com or facebook you'll find them yeah, there and as instagram well. instagram as well Wish you well with the uh, new initiative. Thank you for joining Thank me you very on much the for show. Yeah, and thanks for continued having success to both of you as well, the McGuinnesses, Michelle and Jean, <laughs> on late lunch this afternoon. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you. We tic-tac with her when she started the journey some weeks ago and we've been touching base with her as she travelled round Ireland. Yes, Tracy Hanby and our daughter Cloda have had a remarkable month of August, but they're almost home and Tracy is on the line. Hello, Tracy. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I am great. Are you at the Village Hotel at this minute in time? So we are at the Village Hotel in Town. the wonderful gift you gave us along with the hotel. So we've been very much welcomed in and we're in our nice hotel room. It's beautiful here. Ah, it is beautiful. The guys have done a fantastic job and well-deserved, may I say, to you and to oh, Claude as as well. So how many kilometres do you reckon you've done? So I think I put it up. It's 1,400 kilometres. Well, 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 that is a journey and a half. Last time we talked uh, about, what, eight, nine days ago, where were you at that stage? 
Um, I was trying to think about Clifton, wasn't Clifton. it? I think it was the it Eco was. Beach Clifton, which it, is like a little yeah. mini Barbados. I have to yes. commend them. It's a beautiful spot. Yeah, so Clifton. Now take us take us on the journey. I hear Claude there giving you the, the, the G on in the background. I'm going to come to her in a minute. Take me from there. Where did you go? Clifton, take us so right round. We left Clifton and we headed to Letterkenny via Westport, Sligo and Donegal. So we did a few little stops, you know, kind of looking at scenic stuff and then went to Donegal Castle. Wow. And it's funny, Donegal Castle, the heritage is O'Donnell. And I was like, "Ah, I wonder is Daniel O'Donnell related to the O'Donnells of this castle? (laughs) I'm sure he is. And by the way, he probably is. He's in town tonight. He's in the TLT in Drogheda. But the tickets are all gone. Anyway, he's he's there tonight just as as a little aside. But here... From Donegal, then you went into Northern Ireland. I definitely saw you on the Giants' Causeway. So we went, uh, the next morning leaving Letterkenny, we went to Derry. Yep. And we met a lovely band who I'd been in touch with before, Lavengro. And they just uh, came off supporting Boyzone up north. So that right. was a big gig for them. Yeah. And they took us all around Derry and the Derry Walls and street art murals and a lot of the history of Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Yeah. So we got a lot of info. That was a fantastic day. And then we left them around one and headed up to the Giants Causeway. Beautiful. It was outstanding. That's always been a dream of mine to set foot in that uh, landscape. So that was fantastic. And you did Some lovely photos. Yeah. And then we left there and went to stay with my friend Tremaine in Hillsborough. And then the next day we headed up to Castlewellen, which is a forest park. And it's in a fantastic location, about 10 minutes from a beachside resort called Newcastle. Yeah. Actually, Louise, your Louise yes. recommended going she there. She loves it. She loves the place. Yeah. yeah. And, and we yeah. camped there for two days. And that's fantastic. I could definitely, it's not far from everyone. Yeah. In this location. Yeah. So, and it's brilliant. It's, Castle it's another country, really, when you mm. think about it. Mm. And very reasonably priced. And it was brilliant. We thoroughly enjoyed that. I even had a kid's disco. I had my <laughs> uh, Spotify playlist on, on a speaker and ended up with a whole gang of kids having great crack to cha-cha slide. <laughs> Have Spotify will travel. That's your <laughs> uh, theme, uh, Miss Tracy. And then, of course, you come back and you're down and you're in the village today and you stopped off, I saw on Dundalk, and you were on your local yeah. radio station there as well. And, Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're, you're at an end. Before I talk to ourselves, just tell me this. Two things. High point, low point? Uh, low point was definitely Clodagh was like uh, kind of mum you know uh, it would be much better camping with other people <laughs> I, okay. was a, I was a bit upset about that but then the kids disco thing happened and she got to meet loads of kids so that kind of cancelled that one out lovely high point for me uh, it's probably too uh, I particularly loved uh, meeting Fungi and then also um, Castle or the Giants Causeway. Oh, that was yeah. a big oh, highlight for me. Too photography. I suppose I had loads of opportunities to get nice photography. Mm. And you've seen lots of Ireland that you haven't seen in the past, which is yeah. a tremendous a memory and experience to bring with you. Stick her on there for a minute. I hear her. She's agitated oh, in the background. Ray. Put her on there. Put her on. Your request is here. Where is she? <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Hello. Hello. Hello, Clodagh. How are you? Good. Are you happy to be back in County Meath? Yeah, and I'm happy to, I'm happy to be with my nanny. Ah, of course, and you told me that before. What did you <laughs> absolutely love about being away? I know you love being with, with your mammy, but was there anything or any place that you particularly loved? 
Um, uh, pennies. pennies. <laughs> 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 I don't believe it. Penny store, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, well, what young... My home away from home. What young lady doesn't love to go there? So getting in and to get a little bit of fashion and stuff from there as well. But what place? <laughs> if I was to say to you one place, a town or a... Um, bit... Oh... To, to go as, like, would I go back there? Yes, or... yes, yes. Would you go back there? Yeah. Right, I'd go back to Castle Wellen, but, like, only as a group because you kind of need more people. Yes. <laughs> Well, your mum has just told me that already and that the disco saved the day. But you really loved Castle Wellen. Yeah. Great, great to hear that. Now, you know what date it is today. It's, what, the 21st of uh, uh, August um, today. Um, when are you back yeah. at the books and the lessons and the school? At school, I'm back on the 29th. OK, and where are you going to school at the moment? Ellis Mullen National School. Oh, lovely. I'll be changing next year. So you're in sixth in Les Mullen this year, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. So you're the senior cycle in the school and you'll be waving goodbye and you'll be moving on next year. Are you Are you looking forward yeah. to going back to school? Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after, after the big summer break. And have, yeah, you, have you seen Granny yet or you know that you miss so much? Yeah, she's actually right here near me. Ah, she's right there with you as well. You are the happiest young lady in the world. She's sorting her coats and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Put me back onto your mammy. Thanks for talking to us, Cloda, will you? Put me back on there to Tracy. She's a gas. I'm just half afraid what she'll say here live on the air, you know what I mean? And get into any more detail about what's going on there, but you know yourself. (laughs) Anyway, um, and a real adventure, real something different, Tracy. This year, yeah, and you know, I suppose anyone considering doing it, it it's not cheap. Mm. It, it is expensive. But what we got for a two week holiday abroad, we we were able to make it a month. If you get me, yes. But it's a lot of movement and camping is great. But if the weather changes, it's you know that's difficult. It's me, a single mom with a child. You do always feel you have to entertain her, and my entertainment would not be the same as her entertainment so she wanted to she didn't really want to go to the touristy stuff yeah so that was a little bit of a shock because Toda knows history and she's learned lots in school but when it was we you know we were able to see this in person it was yeah yeah so I realize I have a teenager now you have indeed you have and (laughs) all the challenges that come with that as well but you have a mammy also who loves you and everybody does and listen I want to say a big thank you to you and Clodagh for letting us in on this special time in your lives love the village they look after you so well there say hello to your mam as well and uh, we'll be talking I'm sure shortly because uh, that's the your want to talk to us Tracy Hanby absolutely and thank you so much for everything and for having us and you know my little gift of Woman of the Year. It's really... Ah. And now it's happening. It's great to talk to you. Well on deserved. the Village Hotel. Well I'm delighted deserved. for them. Yeah, and it's listen, good. we're going to finish out in the show today with a song I wanted to play for you. And Claude as well, when I heard her saying she missed her granny and she loves her mammy. It's Linda's Farn and Run for Home. You're nearly there at this oh, stage. <laughs> See you, Tracy. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, Linda's Farn to finish late lunch this afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Back at half one tomorrow. And this is for Tracy Hanby and her daughter Clodagh Gray. It's Lindisfarne. Love it myself. See you tomorrow.
Motors. The Renault Capture comes with a five-star safety rating and is an ideal compact SUV with lots of space for the family. Pick up your 192 Capture at Blackstone Motors this August. See blackstonemotors.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.